Welcome to Awakening Divine Wildness, hosted by inspirational speaker and best-selling author, Mal Duane. Mal invites you to embrace your divine wildness with powerful conversations with visionary women. Listen in and learn how to move from pain and heartache to forgiveness and freedom so you can live the life you deserve. Oh boy. I love it when this woman comes back and spends time with us. She's my love guru. It's mm. the one and only Iris Ben-Ruby. Oh, thank you, Mal. I really appreciate it. And I love being with you. Yeah, and what I love about you is you're one smart cookie. You're a Mensa. And a lot of people don't know what that is, but doesn't get any higher in the IQ, let me tell you. And she's got a master's degree uh, in counseling psychology, and she has spent 16 years coaching and counseling men and women from all walks of lives and all over the world trying to find love, helping them find love. And that's what she's going to help us do today. Iris is a number one best-selling author of Lonely and Single to Loved and Adored. Wouldn't we all like that? I know I would. She's an inspirational speaker, just came back from a big gig down in South Africa. This girl is rocking the planet. And she's been on Slice TV, the Women's Network, and she's host the Awakened Relationship Summit. And that's how I met her a while back. And today we're going to get into the nitty gritty of finding love and finding the right man. Because girl, you nailed it. You've done it. You teach all your clients. And now we need you to sprinkle your love dust on the audience of Awakening Divine Wildness. Wonderful. I loved interviewing you on my show. And let me just say, I found the man of my dreams. That We live together. We share our lives together. So this actually works. I know. Yeah. So relationships. Mm. Every woman I meet that's single, um, says, oh, man, so challenging. Oh, it's like gut-wrenching. Why? Why are they so difficult? Well, I'm going to say for probably a couple of reasons. One, when we're in the second half of our life, whatever you take that to be, it's not the same as when we were in our 20s, where the person we dated was vetted by somebody else, a coworker, a family member. We already knew if they were single or not. We knew a little bit about their character. Now we've got to go out there online and try and figure out what do I put in that profile? How do I know if I'm being stalked? How can I tell if a man is really single? There's a lot of things that we need to learn now that we didn't need to know the first time we got into a relationship. So that's the first thing. So there's some skills to learn there. The second piece is what I call the relationship blueprint. So I like to use the example when we make jello, we pour water and then we, we put it into a mold and after a couple hours we turn the mold upside down, take off the mold and it's still in the shape of that mold. So what happens, this is what happens in our families. We grew up with certain kinds of parents, certain kinds of interaction. Some parent might be aggressive or withdrawn or anxious and we learn what our blueprint for relationship is from our parents. Mm -hmm. And then we go from one relationship to the next, whether it's before we get married or the second half, recreating that relationship. And what we say is, I'm a marriage counselor, is that we pick the partner that reflects the wounds that we had from our parents. 
And so, you know, it's not because we're masochistic, but it's because we're trying to heal those wounds. And that's why women talk about dating the same man in different clothing. Love it. You know, I totally agree with what you're saying. I call it our love story. In my new book, I reference in my own experience how my what I saw at home influenced what I looked for in relationships. And so many women I talk to, you're absolutely right. It's a repeat process unless we change that love story. Wake up to the fact that we're looking at a current situation with old eyeglasses, old filters. Wow. Yeah, and we, let me just say that we pick someone that we're very familiar with. The interactions are familiar. So if you're used to being ignored by your parent or one or both, you're going to be very familiar, not like it, but comfortable with a man that ignores your needs. If you're used to a, a mother or father who are really critical, you will tend to pick a man who's really critical. And so it kind of sets, you know, it, it almost sounds like it's a setup for I can't win. So I'm going to say two things out of that. One, when you pick the right partner, what it does is it helps us heal the wounds from the past. Now, when we keep picking the wrong partner, we do our own inner work to help us heal. And as we heal, we get to what's called secure functioning. And we start to attract a different kind of man or partner if a woman is gay. And this applies to both men and women. So you start to be attracted to different partners and different potential partners are attracted to you. So you can create a different relationship. Oh, that's encouraging. I like that. So what's, what's the biggest mistake that women are making right now? Is it the people that they're picking online or is it after they meet them? So I'm going to say this is my metaphor that women spend more time picking vegetables and fruit and looking them over to look for bruises or looking for expiry dates before they invest their money. They spend more time on that than assessing whether a man is capable and willing to make them happy. As women, our job is to sit back and it's not a test, but we really need to allow the man to show up and see how does he treat other people? Does he step up and ask me about my day? Is he interested in me? Does he ask me what my needs are? Is he willing to take care of me? Whatever that looks like. And the flip side of that is, are you willing to sit back and surrender to his lead? Now, the more successful you are at work, the harder it is to do that because I, I had to deal with that and I had to learn how to surrender into that divine feminine, which is really powerful. Women need to get that the feminine is where the power is. The masculine and the masculine, first of all, two people and their masculine, it really neutralizes the sexual attraction, the chemistry. But when you can be in your feminine, first of all, a man, and this is for straight relationships, a man wants to know that he can make a difference for you. And my partner said to me, if I knew, if I couldn't make a difference in your life, I wouldn't be here. And it's not because I'm not valuable, but because a man needs to know that he can make you happy, that he can do something that creates value in your life. So you need to ask yourself, can the man make me happy? And can I allow him to make me happy? That is key. Can I allow him to make me happy? Because women, I think, have this feeling that they need to portray themselves as very strong, very independent, no needs, 
And men pick up that vibe and then they're like, well, she doesn't need me, so why bother? Yeah, so let me clarify something. It's not that we need a man because as women in this generation, we're able to go out and get a job. We can vote, we can buy a house. We're able, and I tell my partner, you know, I'm capable of a lot of things, but I let him step in. Like the other day I was going to go out and we'd been away on vacation. I said, could you start the car just to make sure that it starts we haven't started it in three weeks. And he said, oh, don't worry. I've already started it. I'm going to pull it up and I'm going to clean off the snow for you. It's like, wow, I'm fully capable of doing that. But I haven't even asked him and he's willing to step in and care for me. That's me also learning to sit back rather than say, oh, no, no, it's okay. Don't worry. I'll do it. Allowing myself to be taken care of. Mm, nice. Okay. So where do we meet quality men? You meet quality men everywhere. They're everywhere, but you have to look for it. So I'm going to do actually a really quick exercise. If women watching are in a safe place, you're not driving, you're not in a place where you need to focus somewhere else. So for 10 seconds, I want you to look around your room and name everything you see that's brown. So I'm just going to count it out one to, and just start counting out, do it in your head or out loud. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Now close your eyes and tell me everything that's blue. Now, yeah, if this is a familiar room, you'll have a photographic memory, but most people, if I ask them, tell me what's brown, they can name it right off because they've just looked for it. But when I ask them to look for blue, it's like, um, um, ha hang on, I think I know there's something blue, but we haven't been looking for it. So when we know what to look for, the definition, the, the distinction between a toxic relationship and a healthy relationship, you start to look for that. When you heal your relationship blueprint, you start to attract different types of men. And it could be, I've had a client meet somebody in the grocery store. It could be as simple as that. So they're everywhere. You just need to know what you're looking for and you need to make sure that you're attracted to an attracting healthy man or a healthy partner. How important is it when you first meet somebody, if you don't have that sense of chemistry, if there isn't that spark or that sizzle, should you give it more time? Should you try to get to know the person? but you're not feeling that inner, ooh, I like that. <laughs> so um, I'm going to be uh, politically correct and say that one of my clients says she allows her genitals to make the decision. Her what? Her genitals. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying Stop to be gentle with that word. No. When we allow chemistry to lead the way, we put on blinders because it's a high, it's an addiction. It's like, I want more of that. But we do need chemistry in a relationship. It can't just be the primary thing. So for women, I actually have a client that because she was sick, she wasn't that attracted to this man that she was dating, but he showed up and he kept taking care of her, asking her what she needs, doing stuff for her. And over time, she fell in love with him and they're in a committed relationship. 
So I would say go out two or three times, as long as you're not feeling any flags, anything of discomfort. If it's just neutral, go out a second and third time, get to know the man, because for women, our attraction grows over time. For men, it's instantaneous. So if you meet someone that seems to be nice, I would give it another chance and then see if there's anything then, but you must feel something by the second or third date. And if not, then you move on. Stay friends, but move on. Yeah, um, as you know, I just started dating again and I, I, I can't even really say I'm dating. I mean, I've been out for a few lunches, couple of dinners, but no sparks. I'm just, you know, and God forbid they hear this, but just, you know, I mean, nice men and good conversationalist gentlemen, but just no flutter. And even after two or three times, you know, I'm like, whoa. Yeah, and I'm going to say that about 90% of the men out there are not a match for you or women if you're gay. You're actually looking for that 10% that match your lifestyle, the characteristics that you need that are going to enhance your life. There's a lot of levels of compatibility that we need to look for and to really hone in. And if I'm not sure if you're online, Mel, but if we're writing an online profile, we need to get clear on who we are and what we have to offer and what we need in a partner that's going to enhance our life and write the profile in a way that, in, that attracts the kind of partner we're looking for. That really streamlines the whole dating process because it gets tiring going out date after date with someone you don't have chemistry with or it's just a flop. Do you think it's harder as we get older? Um, I think it's harder when we're older than when we were in our 20s. But beyond that, I think it's as hard for anyone. My oldest client is 83. So ah! I think it's the same obstacles we hit. Yep. What are those relationship blueprint we learned from childhood? How do we set boundaries? How do we ask for what we need? Are we clear about our gifts? Because once we get older, whatever older is, we've had so many experiences, betrayals, hurts, disappointments, that we start to have baggage and we close off our heart. And we close off our heart in part for a good reason, it's trying to protect you from future hurt, but at the same time, doesn't leave you open to a healthy man. So it's really about no matter what your age is, you really want to heal those wounds to open up and learn to trust who to trust while keeping yourself safe. I met so many women when I did the research for my book, Broken Open, which comes out in April. And the reason why I wrote the book, Iris, I met too many women that were still suffering and stuck in their pain and angry and filled with resentment about the betrayal, about the divorce. And I said, you've stopped living. You have given up on yourself. To me, that was more sad than what originally happened. Yeah, so Dr. Phil has been saying this a lot, but apparently it's accredited back to the Buddha that resentment is like you drinking the poison, hoping someone else will die. So when you hold on to that anger, that resentment, all the uh, experiences where you got hurt and they're still full of emotion, the person who suffers the most is you. So learning to forgive doesn't mean that you agree with what the person did to you. It's about taking out that hook from your heart 
and letting it go and wishing them well on their path, whatever they did, and you getting that sense of inner peace so that you can attract a healthy man. Because when, I mean, you know that when you go out with a man who's still critical of his exes, mm. you don't want to be with that. You don't want to be with someone who's so critical, who doesn't hasn't done his healing work and is open. Right when you're still in that criticism, you're looking for all the ways in which a guy doesn't show up. You're looking for the negative and not really seeing the positive. What we know about the science of neuroplasticity is that the brain is Teflon for good and Velcro for bad. So what it means is it's trying to protect you, but it's also shutting you off from the world. So you need to learn to balance those two. Brilliant. I think any man that keeps talking about his ex-wife in a negative way is such a major red flag. Absolutely. That, to me, that means there's something else behind the story, that this guy is like a wounded dog with his tail between his legs. You're not getting the straight scoop. You know, I also, I mean, and I, we, I brought this up just before we started. I've met so many women that, are dating the guy that is separated, but he's been separated for two years, three years, and the story is always, oh, she's a witch, she won't do this, she won't go to, she, you know, and to me, th there's, there's definitely another side to that that I think women need to be very, very aware of and be careful. It, it shouldn't go like that. Yeah, so let me say a couple of things. A man that's still blaming his exes means he's in victim mentality. He's not in responsibility. One of the questions women need to ask as they're dating, especially in the second half of life, is what did you learn from your past relationships? That will allow you to gauge, has the man learned? Has he taken responsibility for his piece, even of choosing that woman or of allowing her to fill in the blank, right? Rather than she did it to me, I'm the victim here. You don't wanna be with a man who blames and doesn't take responsibility. And the whole separation piece, you wanna make sure one, he's not living in the house. Two, he's separated for more than two years. And three, you wanna get clear on why is it he's not divorced right now. You know, there, there may be a good reason, more often than not is I haven't gotten to it, or she wants half of my assets. Anyone that's still in that angry, resentment, resentful, blaming stage is still married to his wife. They're just not living together. Ooh, well put, well put. And what was that brilliant question? What have you learned from your previous relationships? Yes. We should be asking men that question. Absolutely. It'll give you, our job as women is to ask questions and see where the men are at. Are they healed? What do they believe about life? We want to see how they treat the wait staff or how they talk to credit card people or the grocery clerk or the gas attendant. We want to assess how does this person interact with the world? Is he willing to step up and take responsibility and make changes? Or is he willing to sit back and blame the whole world? Either type of man will give you a very different type of life. So you get to choose, assess, and then choose accordingly. Why do you think women are afraid to ask questions? Most of us have been brought up to believe that conflict and tension creates a wedge in the relationship because that's what we noticed with our family, with our parents. When they fought, usually one went to the room or somebody threw something across the room or they, they started to have a huge fight. But once we learn healthy communication skills, 
we learn how to stand up for ourselves. I talk about the three positions. There's the passive, where you let people step on your toes and don't stand up for yourself. Then we tend to swing over to the aggressive, standing up for ourselves by stepping on other people's toes. But we need to find that middle ground where we're assertive. So we're standing up for ourselves without stepping on anyone else's toes. And when we can do that, we actually get to create emotional intimacy and a closer relationship. It's, it's a real change in frame and perspective as to how we see tension, fights, conflict, differences. The online dating, I mean, it's become so popular. There's so many different, um, different applications now that women can use. And a thing that I hear frequently is, well, should I put my real age? Should I put my real job? Should I? I think you have to tell the truth because if you don't tell the truth from the beginning, then you're planting a seed that, you know, you're not a dependable woman, you're not honest, or you're trying to hide something. Yeah, so I agree with you, but you definitely should be honest about your age. And if you're 71, you put 71. You don't put 69. You want someone to pick you for who you are right now, not on this persona that you've put together to look good on the profile. There was something else I wanted to say about the profile. Should you put the right age? There was something else in that that I wanted to address. Oh yeah, you wanna look at what is it that goes on for you that you feel like you need to lie about who you are, how old you are, where you're at? There's something in that where you feel like you're not good enough. And so that's the work for you. That's the number one key for women when they're dating and for men to really get their strengths and the gifts that they bring to relationships. When you really get who you are, first of all, it makes you a confident woman and that's what men are attracted to. Secondly, it, it gives you the courage to stand up and tell your partner what doesn't work and what you need. And that's how you create a deeply intimate relationship. Um, I'm loving every minute of this because I just know the, the women that listen to this show are going to love this. And I just had another thought that flew through my head. The photograph that women use. Um, I have seen pictures where people are just about showing their private parts. Um, you know, I think, give us some, some pointers on that. Yeah, so first of all, that picture is a sliver of your life but that man makes a decision in that one second about you. So uh, my partner showed me some of the pictures of the women that he's dated. One of them was very low cut bikini with a bottle of champagne and a cup. Now it could be that she was, she was uh, celebrating New Year's, but she was on a beach. But in that moment, you think party girl. Mm -hmm. So you want to see how you show up. What are you marketing yourself for? Are you marketing your sexuality, your attractive body, then don't complain that he doesn't care about you. All he wants is to have sex. So you want to portray yourself in a way that puts you at your best. What do you do? I mean, I ride a motorcycle, I jump trampoline. So I actually put a picture. I'll see if I have it here. I think I have it here. Yes. So this is if, if I want to see the reflection. Oh, yes. So that was me at the Tiger Temple in Thailand. And I was online and I sent my partner 
by him to be partner of the first email and he saw that picture and he responded first of all with 12 paragraphs because I'd written my online profile in a way that had him go I connect to this I like this but with that picture he said I've been to the same place so oh. it was a connector but it also says I'm courageous I'm adventurous I'm a traveler so it says all of that without needing to even write it in the profile so you want to have pictures that depict you in your environment. If you're a hiker while you're hiking, while you're skiing, you know, you can put a picture of ski. The problem is that with the helmet and then even if you lift up the, the visor, they still can't really see your full face. So that might be one of the pictures, but not a primary. Primary picture needs to be, if you wear full makeup, then go ahead, put full makeup. But that if that's not who you are, don't put on a full face of makeup so that when he meets you, he meets somebody else. Be authentic. <laughs> yes. I mean, I've had lots of guys who told me that when I met her, it's like, wow. That, that wasn't even close. I know, it was airbrushed or something. You don't want a guy to come to the meeting and go, whoa, and then turn around and walk away, even if he spends an hour with you. How about if he walks right by you? <laughs> you want a guy to see who you are. <laughs> wrinkles and all gray if you have any gray like some of my pictures have just a little bit of gray it is who I am it's a reflection of my age and I love who I am you need to learn to love who you are put in a nice face shot but also put in a body shot and women really squirm when I say that but different men like different body types I have a really good friend who's super slim. She's like a model in my world. She's what I want to be when I grow up. Like she looks so graceful. And my partner and other men have told me that that's not the body type they're attracted to. Some men will look at my body type and say, whoa, I'm not attracted to her. There's no right or wrong. But when you put your body there, there's no surprises when he picks you to get together for for lunch or for a coffee. You want to portray who you are so he picks you as the person you are right now, not the slim person you were 20 years ago or the airbrush. Tell me if you're going to airbrush maybe like a tiny bit, but I, I would really invite you to be authentic. Wrinkles, hair, whatever. I mean, look good, but don't you know, I always say women need to be accepted with their swift, their strengths, their weaknesses, their insecurities, their fears, and their perceived failures. So we want to be authentic right from the beginning. So we're not wasting time with a man who thinks we're something else. And then he finds out we're four years older, we're not employed, or we have, you know, I have a woman that lies about her MS. It's like, that's not going to work because at some point he needs to know that because it impacts your ability to have a job. So we really want to own who we are and love who we are. And when we can do that, we can portray ourselves as authentic on the profile and you'll attract a different kind of man. Oh, you're just such a smart lady. You've got this whole love thing nailed, girl. Mm. Um, you've got a great free giveaway on your website. And I'd love for you to share with the audience how they can find you and get access to the free gift up on your site. Please share us your web address. Yeah, so where I'm going to suggest you go is to sparkamansdesire.com, which is really about how to spark a man's desire without chasing him. As women, we often feel like we need to pretzel to become who he wants us to be. 
to hook him in, to hang on to him, to bring him back in. And I want women to learn to own who they are, learn how to spark that desire. There are certain skills, but they're not manipulative. They're fun ways and they're authentic ways. So it's spark, is it sparkamansdesire.com and you'll be able to download the ebook right away. Oh, wonderful. Iris, thank you so much again for coming on. You know, the audience, they spoke loud and clear. They loved you. I think you had the most downloads in 2018. So we had to have you back, girl. That was just a no-brainer. Thank you so much. I always love being with you, Mel. Thank you. Oh, bless you too, dear. Have a great day. Mm, You too. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Awakening Divine Wildness. Coming soon... Mal will release her new book, Broken Open, Embracing Heartbreak and Betrayal as Gateways to Unconditional Love. Get VIP access to free gifts and where to get the book on its April 17th release date at brokenopen-book.com.